Welcome to the podcast of Sozo Church. For more information about Sozo, please visit sozosmtx.com. So, let's see, last November, I spent some time praying and asking God what he had in store for us as a church family in 2020. And I felt like he said this word to me. The word was relaunch. Say relaunch. Relaunch. Yeah, I didn't hear it that clearly. Um, I was like, what? Relaunch? Like, we're we're launched. I don't really want to relaunch because here we are launched. And so I'm like, okay, God, I don't know what that means. You know, one of the things I'm realizing when I, when I sense that God's speaking something, instead of like saying, hey, I've got a, a word from God, now I'm just going to run off, maybe I should ask him some questions and be like, hey, God, what does that mean? Because maybe I could have seen this whole pandemic thing going on, and that would have been really good, good to know. Um, probably could have made some money on the stock market that way. Um, no, but I felt like God was saying relaunch, and so I... I I met with a couple of pastor friends. One is Tim Darnell. He's the pastor here at Hill Country. He's a really good friend of mine. Another is Jay Miller at Legacy Church in New Braunfels. And we, we uh, meet pretty regularly just to encourage each other, share vision, uh, learn from each other. And so we were sitting at Starbucks at the outlet mall. And I said, hey, guys, I was just praying into the upcoming year. I'm excited for 2020. Everybody's excited for 2020. And, uh, and so I said, I felt like God spoke this word to me, relaunch. And they looked at me like with incredible surprise. And Tim says, actually, that's the word that God gave me too. Jay looks up, he said, actually, that is the word that the Lord has given me for this year too. Isn't that incredible? And so sometimes, like, I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm like, God, am I, am I really hearing you clearly? Like, I get biblically that we're supposed to be able to hear God, that that's our right as his kids, that we would hear his voice. And yet I'm thinking, okay, God, is, is that you? And here I am with, with three guys, three pastors, or two pastors that I really trust. And, and all three of us are hearing the same thing. So here, here's the problem with the word relaunch. The problem with the word relaunch is that typically the word relaunch is about reviving something that's already dead, right? Like the reason why you relaunch something is that somehow it's, it's, it's lost its life, but there's still some value in it. And so you figure out how do you put all of your energy, this last ditch effort to keep things moving forward. The, the problem with that word is that that word does not seem to describe us well. Because you see, for us as a church family, Many of you would say, man, I feel like God is really moving in Sozo. Like, it feels like there's life. We're growing. We're seeing lives transformed. We're seeing people uh, say yes to Jesus. We're seeing bodies healed. We're seeing, like, the Holy Spirit move in power. And so it doesn't seem like there, like there would need to be a relaunch, right? And let me say this. Even in the middle of a pandemic, I would say it doesn't seem as if by the standards of like looking around us and we start saying, hey, you know, does that church have life? It's like, man, actually God's doing some really good stuff even in the middle of a pandemic. And yet I feel like the word of the Lord for us for 2020 is still relaunch. And here's why I believe that the word is relaunch is because I believe that relaunch is not about returning to normal as we've experienced it, but it's actually returning to what God has always intended for us. 
You see, just about every 500 years in the life of the church, since, since the very beginning, there has been every 500 years a reformation. Say reformation. reformation. Do you know when the last one was? 503 years ago. Seems like we're overdue for a reformation. And here's the idea of reformation. It's actually a reforming, a taking what was and reforming so that it would fulfill its original intent, what it was designed for. You see, I believe that God is saying, church, it's time for you to step into the purpose that I've always created for you, that I've always had for you. You see, the church was never intended to be an event that we go to. It was always intended by God to be a people, a family on mission, whose goal is to bring the kingdom of heaven to the very ends of the earth. You see, our our goal is not to be a people who, who simply gather. There is power in our coming together. But I believe that it's the heart of God that there would be even more power in our leaving these doors than there is in our coming in. Come on, somebody can say amen to that. And I believe that God is saying that I, I'm not done with the church, but I have more for you. And so I believe relaunch is something that we're going to experience. And I'll describe to you in a little bit what that would look like for us. But I believe relaunch is what God is saying to his whole church. It's, it's time to run again. You see, I, I don't know if you watch the news. If you watch the news, you've probably gone a little bit crazy lately. Because it's like, the world seems like it's a mess, right? And I believe that we should be a people as the church that say, not on my watch. And what I think has happened to us is that we've allowed some bad thinking in and we found some excuses to run and hide instead of be who God has created us and called us to be and let our light shine. And I think we've been, we've been waiting and watching for the world to fall apart and for God to come and rescue us. And the, the result of that thinking has put us on our heels. Like we're like, oh, whatever happens, happens. We, we've gotten away from being on our toes and being ready to run into what God has called us to be. And we, we've forgotten some key things. One is this verse in the book of Habakkuk. Say Habakkuk. If you're uh, from England, you'd say Habakkuk. Uh, Habakkuk 2.14 says this. It says that the knowledge, say knowledge. knowledge. That word knowledge is the same word that Steve was talking about in Proverbs, that uh, if you acknowledge the Lord, he'll make your path straight. But that word knowledge or acknowledge means this. It means yada. And it actually means not to, to give a nod to, but it means to be intimately acquainted with. So back to Habakkuk 2.14, it says, and the knowledge, so the experiential knowledge of the glory of God will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. You see, the way that that Jesus started this deal off is, is that his kingdom would advance to the ends of the earth, not that a few people would be left behind and get zapped out of here. And so what God wants to do is he wants to see the kingdom advanced to the ends of the earth, not his people on retreat. 
Jesus told Peter this in Matthew 16, verse 18. He said, I will build my church. That's him, not us. That's good news. And the gates of hell will not overcome it. And he says this. He says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be, loose, will be loosed in heaven. Here's what that's saying. Here's what Jesus was saying to the church. That whatever is permitted, whatever you permit on earth is permitted in heaven. And whatever you prohibit on earth is prohibited in heaven. Here's what that means. Church, you and I, we actually have responsibility for the way that the world is going. Let that sink in for a second. You and I actually have responsibility for the way that the world is going. And somehow we've taken that responsibility and we've turned it into religion where, where, where we just show up and maybe sing a few songs, give some money, go home. You see, I believe that God is saying to the church, it's time to relaunch. It's actually time to step into the purpose that I've always had for you. And, and it's not simply, see, here's, here's what we love to do. We love to amen the like group message. But I want to say to you, every one of us in here, your life has incredible purpose. Your life has incredible purpose. If you're listening online, your life has incredible purpose. You were meant to carry the kingdom of God so that the world is affected by the words that you declare and by the way that you live. That whatever you allow is allowed and whatever you prohibit is prohibited. And I believe that this is the hour for a reformation in the church that the church would say not on my watch. That we would stop retreating and that we would actually start taking ground. And here's what I don't mean. I don't mean that we need to try to take over the world. What I mean is, is that we need to carry the love of God to the world in a way that infects everything, that affects everything, that, that is like yeast in dough, that it causes the dough to rise and be all that it was meant to be. That we wouldn't just hide in, in the world of religion, but that we would have an impact on every realm and sphere of society. Amen? And so I believe for us that as we relaunch, it's really about us as a people stepping into our purpose. And here's what I believe that the church should look like. And I know that this is what Sozo Church is called to be. About 10 years ago, I was uh, at a gathering and a guy named Bill Johnson was there. Uh, and Bill began to share this analogy and he began to talk about the church and the way that it should be. And it, it, something lit up inside of me because it's like, this is what I've been dreaming of since I was a little boy. It was this, that the church would be like a greenhouse. Say greenhouse. greenhouse. And you see what you do with the greenhouse is that you take plants there and you cause them to grow in a controlled atmosphere so that you can take them out of the greenhouse and ship them all the way around the world. And anywhere they go, they'd be able to prosper. They'd be able to thrive. They'd be able to flourish. Bill shares about being uh, overseas in the Netherlands and everywhere he would drive, he'd see these greenhouses filled with tulips, like beautiful tulips. And he said that anywhere in the world that he would go, he would find tulips from the Netherlands. 
that they had been grown there and shipped all over the world. I believe this. I believe that God's design for the church is to be a greenhouse. I am not responsible for the church. I know this though, that Sozo Church is supposed to be a greenhouse. That God would do things in us, cause things to grow inside of us so that they could shape the world all the way around the globe. And I believe that's our call as a people. I believe that's your call also. Your call would be this. It's either to be a part of the greenhouse. It's probably both to be a part of the greenhouse and causing things to grow. Like what if you begin to think that, Bo, your life was actually causing Jameson's life to prosper? Like he's not going to fulfill his purpose unless you do what you're supposed to do in the greenhouse. And, and it may be that your role in the greenhouse is actually to hold the door open and smile as Jameson walks in. But because of your smile, Jameson finds a family and a home and he's able to be launched out and be a part of transforming the world wherever he goes. What if we begin to see ourselves in such a way that you recognize this, that, that Dana Hutto's prayers have been the fuel for you getting launched overseas? That Jan praying for you has caused your family to know Jesus? What if we begin to take ownership in that type of way and we realized that, that you know, I, I have a responsibility in the greenhouse, but then every time I leave the greenhouse, I'm supposed to shape culture when I go. If you're a school teacher, it's, it's you going and teaching and carrying the kingdom of God and, and, and even imagining what would it look like as a school teacher to see the lordship of Jesus, to see heaven come, to see Jesus's prayer answered on earth as it is in heaven, in this classroom as it is in heaven. And if we begin to see things that way, I believe that it will shape the way that we live. I believe that God has that calling and that purpose for his church. And, and I believe this for you. Some of you have thought, man, I've blown it so bad. Or maybe even I'm, I'm like too, too, too far up in years. And maybe I don't have purpose. And I just want to declare over you that you still have a purpose and a destiny. You can't blow it too bad and you can't be too old. Amen? And so I believe that God wants to work in our lives in a way that shapes us. So what does that look like for us? I want you to go with me to Numbers chapter 13. I believe there's, there's something in here for you. Here's what's going on in this story. Israel as a people have left captivity in Egypt. They've found this cloud of fire by night and this pillar of smoke by day that's leading them every step of the way that they're supposed to go. They've crossed miraculously through the Red Sea, which is a picture of salvation. And they, they, they begin to move with promise towards the promised land. Say promised land. You see, they have this promise from God 
that they're supposed to inhabit this land. I want to say to you that you have a promised land and your promised land is not necessarily a physical destination, but it is a very design and calling from God that there is a place that you are supposed to occupy that God has called you to step into. Are you with me? That God has actually created you for specific things. And if you'll follow the cloud, you'll actually step into them. But there are things that we have to deal with on our way to getting into the promised land. And so in, in Numbers 13, we begin to, to see this part of this story unfold. It says, the Lord said to Moses, send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. Do you see that? Where's the land coming from? God is giving it to them. God is not telling them that they have to earn it. What he's saying to them is that I'm going to give it to you. Some of you think that your destiny is something you have to earn. It's actually something that you participate with God in order to step into. You don't have to earn it. You just have to walk in faith with him. You don't even have to see how it's all going to come to pass. You just get to join him in the journey. And so they take some men to go spy out the land. They spy it out. And then they come back and they spend 40 days spying it out. We're going to pick up in verse 27. It says, they gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. They actually brought back some of the fruit. So they're like, okay, God, what you're telling us through Moses is true. That's the direction that we should go. Then there's the next verse. There's a verse 28 And many of us have a verse 28 in our life. And verse 28 starts this way. It says, but. Say, but. But. You got to watch your but. Because a lot of times your but will get in the way of what God wants to do. Seriously, what's your but? My seven-year-old and I are enjoying this humor. That's about the level of my maturity. You see, they go on to say this. They say, but the people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of the Anak there. Those are basically what they're saying is we saw giants. Many of us have a, have a but that gets in the way of our promised land. Here's what it was for me. I was terrified to get up and stand in front of people. And so I sensed the calling of the Lord on my life, but my but was that, God, I can't do that. So how could I step into what you have for me? Because my butt is too big and I'm not going to make it into my calling. What's burning on the inside of you? What is it that's like, in you, and you know that it's what God has for you, but you have excuses. You've got these things that are getting in the way, and they're keeping you from what God has called you to. My man here, what's your name? Michael? Michael, you have an incredible call from God on your life. Like in your life, you're going to see lots of people come to know Jesus. 
And I don't, I don't know what's in your history, but it's part of his story that's going to launch you into your calling. It's a big deal. And so, Lord, we just bless Mike. God, we thank you that you have good things in store for him, God. And so they had this butt that was getting in the way of them stepping into the promises of God. But then a couple of guys came along, Caleb and Joshua. And in verse 30, it says, then Caleb silenced the people before Moses. And he said, we should go up and take possession of the land for we can certainly do it. So you get this, right? 10 of the spies, 10 of those who went out to spout the land are like, we can't take this land. It's impossible. There's, there's these big things there. But Caleb and Joshua, they know bigger than the giants that they see are the promises of God. You see, they trust in this, that the promise of God and the God of the promise are good enough to get them into their destiny. Every time. You see... You and I, we tend to think things backwards and we tend to think, well, there's this big giant in front of me and there's no way that I'm going to be able to do this because I've got a problem. There's a giant. And a lot of times what happens to us is that we see the giant as bigger than the God of the promise and the promise of God. But here's what you can bank on. When God has given you a promise, he will always provide the power for the promise because he's bigger than any giant that could come your way. And so often we back down from what God has for us because we see giants instead of the promise. What's the word of the Lord over your life? What's the word of the Lord for this season of your life? Take just a second and get that word in your head. If you don't have that word, then ask God for it. You see, this is a season of giants. This is a season where the enemy is trying to, to stand up and say, no, you can't get into your promise because I'm going to stand in the way. And it's time for us to recognize the promise of God and the God of the promise so that we can step into what he has for us. goes on to say in verse 31, but the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. Go on with me to verse 33. It says, we saw the Nephilim there, the descendants of the Enoch come from the Nephilim. We seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we looked at, and we looked the same to them. Your biggest problem is not your giant, is that you forget the promise of God and the God of promise and that you don't see yourself the same way that God does. You see, they were more concerned with how they saw themselves than how God saw them. And you're never going to step into the promises of God if you don't see yourself the way God sees you, but instead you worry about how your adversary sees you. 
it really didn't matter how their adversary saw them. It, it doesn't matter if somebody's saying, oh, you can't do that. That's, you're not capable of that. It matters actually what God says about you and who he's created you to be. So go on with me to, to 14. It says in verse one, that night, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and the whole assembly. And they said, if only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness. And they go on to say in verse four, it says, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. You know what the enemy's greatest tool is? Fear, intimidation. You see, he wants to tell us that we can't step into what God has for us by fear. And if fear doesn't work, then he'll try to entice us by comfort and complacency. Can you hear them? They're saying, let's go back to Egypt. How often do we do that? It's like God sets us free. He start, we start moving into our destiny. And it's like, man, I've gotten this far, but I don't see how I could take out this giant. So now I'm going to back off. Now, now, I don't know about that. And then here's what happens. When we lose our vision, Proverbs tells us that we cast off restraint, that we lose discipline. Some of you have been struggling with the same sin patterns for years, and it's because you don't have any vision. I love what Lisa Smothers said a couple weeks ago. She said, I didn't realize that I didn't have vision until I got one. Some of you need vision to step into. And when you know where you're going and you know how big your God is who's taking you there and you've got the promise of the Lord in order to get there, then it doesn't matter what the enemy looks like. You're not going back to slavery because you've got vision. It may get really hard and it may be tempting to turn around, but you know I'm stepping into what God has for me because there's no point in going backwards. In verse six or seven, it says, talking about Joshua and Caleb, it says that they stood up and they said, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land flowing with milk and honey, and he will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid. Goes on to say, but the whole assembly talked about stoning them. You see, I believe that the Lord would say this to the church, that we're standing on the edge of the promised land. Yes, that, that if we choose, that he's saying, hey, I've got an invitation for you, Sozo Church, that you would step into the promised land, the land of promise, that you would step into what I've called and created you for and who I've called and created you to be, both individually and collectively, and it's our opportunity to step into what God has for us. And the temptation of today is that we would allow intimidation, which is all the junk going on in the world and our recognition of our limitations, 
that we would allow intimidation and comfort and complacency to keep us from stepping into what God has called us to. But I believe God is saying, hey, I've, I've created you for incredible destiny and now is the time to step into it. Will you step into it? And here's what they did. They threatened to stone Joshua and Caleb because they were afraid of a good report. How do you respond to a good report? Come on. That's how we should respond to a good report. Come on. You see, so often we hear a good report and we start thinking of all the reasons why that's not going to work. And then what happens is we want to, to shoot the messenger instead of be encouraged by their courage. I believe that God is saying, church, it's time to step up. It's time to step into the promised land. It's time to see the kingdom advance. It's time to get off of our heels and onto our toes and move forward. That we would carry the love of God. You know, there's a whole world out there that doesn't know how good God is and how much he loves them. He's saying, would you carry the love of God everywhere you go and be who I've called and created you to be. Here's here's how the story goes from here. They didn't listen. They chose to, to listen to pessimism instead of to the faith of Joshua and Caleb. And because of that, Joshua and Caleb outlived the rest of them and got to step into the promised land. Meanwhile, Joshua and Caleb and the rest of them had to to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. That's one generation. I believe this generation, those of us who are alive, have an invitation from God to step into his promises for us. And we're standing on the edge of the promised land and there is an invitation for us from God to say, will you go in? It's scary on the other side. There's there's all sorts of promise. There's land flowing with milk and honey. There's also giants. Will you step into it? I believe the invitation is for us that we would become that greenhouse, that, that place that sees all sorts of life happen here that impacts the whole world. Here's who I believe Sozo is called to be. Some of you saw... I think we said something about casting vision for where we're headed for the next 20 years. This is actually the vision that we started with. And if I'll be real honest with you, it's something that I believe that God has always had for us, but there have been moments where I've thought, man, that vision is too big. And there have been moments, particularly in the last couple of years for us as as a leadership team, where where we've taken some, some beatings Not from people, actually. I was telling somebody the other day, this is the best church in the world to pastor. You guys are awesome. Like nobody's like mean to us. A lot of pastors talk about how mean their people are. I'm like, you should have my church, but you're not going to. Um, No, but it's just been tough for us. We've had a few of us in the hospital. We've had sickness. We've had just loss in our family. It's been a tough couple of years. 
But I, I believe that God is saying it's time to pioneer again. So when we started almost five years ago, we started with this dream. Now I'm going to use the word dream different from vision. Both of them can be from God, but a, a dream is something that you can see, but you don't know how to get there, where a vision actually comes with the steps in order to step into it, okay? So we had this dream that we would be a hub for the nations, that God would do something in us that would send people to the nations, that we would receive people from the nations, and that we would see the world transformed. Over the past six or seven months, as, as I've run with that word relaunch, what we've done is we said, okay, we believe that what God has called us to is right and true. And so now we're going to believe him in order to step into it. And so we've spent a lot of time while a lot of people were taking extended naps during this whole pandemic and lockdown. We spent a lot of time really doing some hard work and digging in so that we could step into what God has for us. And so we've spent time working through all of our, our, the way that we make decisions, the way that we lead, who's positioned where, how all of that stuff works so that we could step into what God has for us. And we believe this, this actually, this part of it just came to me a couple of weeks ago. I believe this, that God wants to, and this is, this first part has always been our desire that he would make us, I'm going to use a word that you may not be familiar with an apostolic hub, say apostolic hub. And the word apostolic is this, that it, that it actually means that we would be sent ones, that we would carry the culture of heaven and bring it into earth. That here in central Texas, we would be an apostolic hub. And the, the best picture of this in scripture is uh, in Antioch. You see, Jerusalem tried to be an apostolic hub, but they were such a mess that they never got to step into God's purpose. Persecution came, scattered them. But what happened in Jerusalem, in Antioch with Paul and the team that he had there is that the world was blessed by what happened in Antioch. And I believe that God wants to do something in us. And it's not about personalities. It's about a people that we would be a blessing to the world, that God would raise up world changers from here, teams that would go to the ends of the earth and not just plant churches, but plant more apostolic hubs so that we could see the world transformed. And so our, our goal is this, is that in the next 20 years, that we would plant, establish 25 apostolic hubs in the U.S. and 25 apostolic hubs overseas. And that we would raise up and equip 10,000, say 10,000, 10, world changers. That from this little house would be 10,000 people that are sent into every sphere of society carrying the kingdom of God wherever they go. And if that vision seems too big, I believe it's because it's from God. I believe that's what God has called us to do as a people. So here's what we've done. We've said, okay, we're obviously not anywhere near that. 
And so we begin to dream and plan. What does it look like to take steps? First, we have to be that before we ever reproduce that. So what does it look like for us to, to step into that? And here's what we know. We know that it requires us to be a family on mission if we're ever going to get there. And so from the months of September till November, what we're doing is we're inviting whoever would, would choose to sign up. You're actually all going to be at least uh, along for, for most of the journey, but whoever would sign up to join what we're calling our relaunch team. And what we're doing with our relaunch team is we're saying, okay, we want to pioneer again. We don't want to just be a church that gathers, but we want to be a people that brings radical transformation everywhere we go. And so we're inviting you to say, sign me up. I want to be a part of the relaunch team. And what we're going to do is we want to, to help you discover what your calling from God is that you would know what it looks like for you personally to step into your promised land, that you would discover where you fit and what God is doing in Sozo. One of the things that we've heard time and time again is this. We love Sozo. We feel so loved by being there, but we don't know where we fit. And I believe that God has a, a place for you. There is a custom grace on your life for your calling but there is a place designed by God that you would fit into the body and we want to help you step into the body. And the third thing that we want to do is, is discover how to bring the kingdom of God everywhere we go. That you would know when I go to work, this is what it looks like for me to bring the kingdom. When you go to the grocery store, this is how you bring the kingdom of God. When you're with your church family friends, this is how you bring the kingdom of God. And so what we'll do during this time, for those of you that sign up, you can sign up by going to the website and it'll say relaunch. And what you're signing up to is to be a part of the relaunch team. Now, what we're going to do is September, October, and November, we're actually going to teach through a series that we're calling relaunch. And it really is redigging what God has called us to be, who he's called us to be as a people. So if you're a part of our church family, you're going to be a part of that. But what we're going to do for those of you that would say, hey, I want to sign up for relaunch. I want to be a part of the relaunch team is that we'll, we'll send you uh, videos that help equip you further. We'll send them to your inbox. We will invite you to, to a monthly relaunch rally and uh, we'll put you in a relaunch discipleship group. And in that group, you'll have just a few other people that are running with you to help you discover your purpose, your calling, and how to bring the kingdom everywhere you go. Does that sound good to you? And so you may be relatively new to Sozo. And what we're saying is, is that, that we're reestablishing our foundation in who God's called us to be. I love this church family. We're not changing who we are. We're changing the trajectory that we're taking. I love the way that we run. I love the, the things that God has taught us and the things that we believe as a people. But I believe it's, it, God is saying, now is the time to prepare to launch, to prepare to step into our destiny as a people. And so, what I'm asking for you is to pray about, hey, do I want to spend some extra time going there? Do I want to spend some extra time running with these people? And I believe this, that when we run together, we actually find our destiny, that God has our destiny as a people tied to each other. And so we're inviting you to run with us. Our team is over the top thrilled for where we're going. 
And I believe that there's an awesome opportunity for us to go together. On a, on a weekly basis, it'll probably take an extra hour and a half of your time. Um, we're not having any other groups for families and adults and all that stuff. So this will, will replace that. But I really believe that as we step into this, that it'll be time well worth it for you. Would you stand with me? So the way to sign up, go to the website and we'll get you signed up. Um, if you have any questions next week, not this coming week, but the next one, I'm going to do a, a Q&A Zoom so that if you have questions, we can get online and talk to each other and answer your questions about what that time would look like. Um, and we talk a little bit more about all the internal stuff that's been changing and how we're going to go, where we're going. But y'all, I'm excited because I believe that God is saying, hey, it's time to run church. Would you do this? Would you put your hands out? I believe that God wants to give fresh grace to us as his people. Some of you are worn out. You're discouraged. You're feeling purposeless. And I believe that God wants to restore to you your purpose and your hope for the future. So Lord, we just break off fear. We break off worry. We break off confusion in Jesus' name. And Lord, we just release fresh grace over each person. God, I pray that they would begin to see our destiny. Lord, I thank you that your grace is empowering. So Lord, I pray that you would begin to pour purpose into us along with your presence. We need your presence, God. name.